Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Blast. In the NBA, we have become mesmerized by huge marquee names and superstars switching teams. And if that's what you were expecting, you might have been disappointed by Thursday's trade deadline. But not me. I believe the Suns' additions and their subtractions, namely adding Royce O'Neal to the rotation and shipping out four disappointing bench players, was exhilarating. I mean, who wipes out most of their bench in February? Well, Matt Ishbia does, and what he did clearly invigorated the fan base, maybe even the basketball team, and I think that's happening for a few different reasons. Number one, no one in their right mind is questioning the Kevin Durant trade anymore, not with KD playing at a superstar level, which has brought a lot of, I don't know, redemption, if you will, to Matt Ishbia. Number two, most basketball fans know this team needed something different, that something was missing with this group, and number three, because the Suns are now $50.6 million over the salary cap, which brings a whopping $20 million luxury tax bill. Now, there is no greater proof of an owner's commitment to winning than that. Spending until it hurts, spending at levels that no one expects of you, spending everything you're allowed to spend to secure the Larry O'Brien trophy. So, it's a 30-game sprint to the title now, folks, with a tweaked team, a Maxed out budget and an owner who pays more than just lip service to the pursuit of a championship. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. They make luxury attainable. They have two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. That speaks volumes for sure, you know. Um, he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of putting it on us now too, you know. Like, I'm, I'm, he's doing his part and like we got to do ours. And so you don't see that a lot. In our league, you don't see a lot of owners, you know, kind of taking their teams by the horn and like, no, I want to win and I want to win in, you know, the right way and the best way with the with a good team. And he has that vision. And hell, he's in practices. He's he's on trips with us. Like he's he's super locked in. And I think that that uplifts you as a team too. You know, just to see his engagement and uh, how much he loves the team, how much he's embracing the city. Um, he's embracing the staff. Learn, trying to learn everybody. Learn how he can. Be be better how to, the area can be better how our facility can be better like it's a brand new facility he's trying to make it better you know it's it's it's, it's like he's all he's about all the right things so you know so we gotta put up a shut up that is bradley beal mm. last night talking about the commitment matt ishbia and yeah. owner of the Suns, is True. making to this team and you mentioned it going over a 20 million dollar luxury tax bill um he is he's committed and some yeah. people are critics of that because, uh, you know, the way that this roster has been constructed now with the second luxury tax apron uh, surpassed, what does it do for the Suns? Well, we saw them, a team with restrictions at the trade deadline, first mm-hmm. time around on this on this merry-go-round, I think at least on paper, and that's the only way we can judge it right now, on paper, yeah. they got better. Which that's I no agree small that. that's no I small feat that. in itself with, I agree with the restrictions with that. that were on this team. And again, this is this is not this is not in any way, shape, or form a Homer review of the Phoenix Suns because, as I said earlier, in the aggregation of most um, NBA types who write winners and losers of the NBA trade deadline list, you won't find the Suns in either category. What they acquire doesn't reach that level. If you're a national media dude, that you'd go, oh, the Suns killed it. But it lo- but locally after 
watching this team play basketball for 51 games going into last night. It, clearly, there are some issues with this basketball team. Now, the point guard issue may or may not be a, a be a problem that that bites them in the backside once the postseason gets here. But they certainly improved their perimeter defense by adding Royce O'Neal, who's a hardcore. Never take a playoff, never take a night off kind of guy. Uh-huh. And and I think that kind of guy, when you hear Frank Vogel complain about the team's disposition or their edge, I think this kind of guy helps that. And and helping the perimeter defense is something this basketball team needs. I think we've seen that. And and so uh, and more to the point, when you dial out, it's just it's so rare for a, uh, a basketball team just to take four guys and mm-hmm. and and you're right, all four of these guys that they shipped off uh, at one point in time, we were all raving about them too. So you've got to table that. But but I just like the fact that that most owners, I honestly believe, they would looking in looking in the looking at a bill of maybe twenty million dollars of luxury tax, which Matt. HP does have now. Most owners, regardless of their wealth, would go, nah, let's just play this out. We've got all these guys we brought in. Let's just see what this looks like. That's what they would do. They mm-hmm. wouldn't be as proactive. And so it's just the action, even more so than the names that are in and out, that, that have me kind of stoked here. I mean, for people who don't know, this is a basketball franchise that once gave up a second-round draft pick to get rid of T.J. Warren. And acquire cash. And, and T.J. Warren was a really good scorer at that time. Yeah. This is a basketball team that traded off Kurt Thomas. Uh, what was that deals of that trade? <sighs> it was so ridiculous that, How Gre- ridiculous that was Greg it? Popovich acquired Kurt Thomas and put him in his starting lineup in a game against the Suns just to put up the middle finger to the previous owner. <laughs> it happened. And and we, I could sit here for the next 30 minutes and go down a litany list of, of just budget related nonsense that got in the way of our pursuit of a championship. And my biggest fear with the previous owner was that if we ever got really close, we would never get over the hump because he would never, ever venture into the luxury tax tax realm. No, it's and true. Now, now we, we, would never, a, we would never get over the hump because he was such a hump. <laughs> what a hump! So, so that that to me is what's kind of got me stoked here, and it it's it it just kind of feels like okay, we've had fifty two games of weirdness and up and down and highs and lows and injuries and, mm-hmm. and this and that, and, and now now it just feels like it's on. You know what I mean? It feels like to me like it's going to be the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Mavericks, and the Thunder and the Timberwolves are going to kind of fall down a little bit, and and it, I just bring it, let's go. It's freaking party! I think you've upset the Thunder fan that's in town. Who would that be? Fan. Singular. I don't know who it is. There's got to be just one. Though. There's got to be one. And, and look, I like the Thunder more than I like the Timberwolves. I just, the Timberwolves are just, yeah. Uh, here's Frank Vogel on the four players that the Suns sent off in trades yesterday. Yeah, well, I want to start by just, just thanking uh, Chemezi, Keita, Yuta, and Goody. Uh, those guys have been really good culture fits for us. It's uh, it's always difficult, uh, you know, to say goodbye to, uh, you know, good good guys and culture guys, teammates for these guys. Um, those guys been in a lot of hard work. They're a big reason why we're where we are today and, and the success we've been having. And um, we definitely wish them well. Yeah, that, and that being said, uh, like you pointed out in the blast, four guys who had opportunities to 
you know, nail down rotation spots with this team mm-hmm. and were unable to do so. So to add a player that you you know is going to be a rotation guy from day one in, in Royce O'Neal for four guys that weren't, that is a win. It was also weird to go for the Suns to go through a trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after the trade deadline, Torrey Craig's not part of the team. Oh, right. How about that? <laughs> First time in three years, Well, right? listen, yes. and, and you, you you think about how things have changed, and you brought up how you felt about Utah Watanabe when they signed him. I, I tracked down um, a story from Forbes magazine, August 13, 2023. The headline reads, How the Suns Nailed Their Offseason by Signing Utah Watanabe. Yeah. That was that was a consensus. I they will, thought he was going to be the perimeter guy that was going to make everyone pay for the double teams. I'll give Professor Humperdinck a little uh, credit there, Luke Lipinski, because he actually pointed out that the Suns probably were the first team ever to trade a Utah and play Utah on the same day. Wow. All right. You're not going to get that anywhere else yeah, from uh, just, Wolf and Humperdinck yeah, coming up at 10 a.m. Right. It's incredible stuff. Well, listen, I've, I've been telling you the greatness of Luke Lipinski for a while. You just will not listen to me, Ferret. <laughs> Something wrong with your microphone. In this. <laughs> don't say, don't go down that road again. I'm still scarred right, from no. the last problem okay, with the microphone. So, so here, here comes a question now. Royce O'Neal and a perimeter defender would fit really good in this starting lineup. Do you put him in the starting lineup and sit Grayson Allen? Or do you leave things be... I think that's a very. I thought you were going to go the full Charles Barkley route. Do you put Bradley Beal on the bench? <laughs> you, we might have to circle back around. Let's, to we that. can do that. We Man, can do that. Bickley pushing buttons. <laughs> text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next. But unlike Jarrett, I'm pushing the right ones, Vinny. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Heading into the Super Bowl, especially here in Arizona, there's a big question about loyalty to the local kid, even though he plays for the enemy. Mm. We're going to get into that mm. subject a little bit more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona sports, the local sports leader, Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Every student in our school and every teacher and every custodian and security guard and faculty member is getting a, a Brock Nation, Perry built the Super Bowl t-shirt. <laughs> they're, they're all getting passed out to the whole school today. Friday, they're wearing them. Uh, today, after school, they're unveiling uh, our street at Perry Puma Drive, the little stoplight out in front of our... It's going to be uh, Brock Purdy Drive wow. uh, today, so they're going to unveil that. So they're they're really excited. You know, the kids, some of that, they, they don't know. It's just they... <laughs> A lot of the high school kids, they were elementary, and so unless they had an older sibling, they don't know much about them, but the faculty is yeah. just ecstatic, you know. But uh, I don't know where everyone's watching. I know where I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be sitting in the stadium going crazy yes. and uh, nervous as heck. That is Preston Jones, the uh, coach, high school coach, Brock Purdy from his days at uh, Perry High School. He joined us yesterday. I, was, I, I really enjoyed that conversation, too, mm. because it wasn't a coach saying, yeah, I always knew this guy was going to no, be this. No, he was awesome. He was completely for Right. I didn't know he was an NFL quarterback until yeah. I saw him in an NFL preseason game. Yeah, right. But uh, him talking about uh, what what transpired yesterday at Perry High uh, with all the kids getting T-shirts, I think that's awesome. Uh, and the acknowledgement that, hey, some of these kids have no idea who Brock Purdy is because mm-hmm. he's older than them. But uh, the act that is getting a reaction again is the city of Gilbert temporarily renaming Perry Puma Drive, the, the, mm. the, the street that goes into the school, basically, as Brock Purdy Drive. Rewind a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. There was um, a, a law firm 
uh, a local law firm that purchased digital billboards all over Phoenix that said, let's go Brock Purdy. That got a reaction. Yeah. And wasn't I wasn't exactly the way to go. I, <laughs> I think the reaction there was warranted. So do I. Because that has a very small town feel to it. Phoenix is nothing resembling a no. small town. No. There's been countless high school players that have played ball in Phoenix, Arizona, that have gone on to win Super Bowls and accomplish great things in sports. Um, there are people taking exception to what the city of Gilbert did yesterday. In a town where the Arizona Cardinals are the team, a division foe of the San Francisco 49ers, renaming it Brock Purdy Drive. I have zero, I have less than zero problem with that. That, to me, is a school, a tight-knit school and community being proud of one of its alums. That's, that's the, way, that's the yeah. way it should be. Yes, totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you on your delineation of it all. Seeing the billboards coming out of Sky Harbor Airport when I came back from Chicago, I was uh, it just hit me viscerally. I'm like, this is not right. This is, this is the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. He is our enemy. As Cardinal fans, mm-hmm. but but when you distill it down to the local, th- this is perfectly, um, perfectly cool. And again, this is I'm not stating what I feel is fact. So don't I'm not declaring what's right and what's wrong. I'm I'm declaring how it felt to me, and I think it felt the same to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, look, it's a great story. Mm-hmm. He is the last player in the draft two years ago. He mm-hmm. was drafted, by the way, as the last player in the draft. And now is one game away from, from hoisting a Super Bowl trophy. That's, that's storybook stuff. It, well, and what's, what's great about it is that it's very rare that the team with the last pick in the draft would choose a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, at that point, you're thinking anybody who can play worth a damn is gone. And and if not, let's maybe we can pick and choose what guys are on the street if we're in a case of an emergency. Especially a team that used a very high draft pick in on a quarterback same draft. Right? Was it this? Was I think it was Trey a year Lance? earlier. Was it the year earlier? Uh, Trey Lance, yeah. So, so it's like the, usually maybe you could say like oh a team that wants to take a flyer on yeah, someone because right. they're that, desperate what, to get someone. After. But right. yeah, it, it well, it, and a lot of people have said it's kind of. Proof that Kyle Shanahan might have had a nagging feeling in the back of his head that Jimmy G and Trey Lance, neither one of them were it. You know? So, and, you know, the stories are out there now that he was the one going to bat. And there was other people saying, no, this don't don't use the draft pick on this. He doesn't have it. Uh, it's, it's worked out brilliantly. It's not the first time that's happened, mm-hmm. but this is the first time that a quarterback has, has been Mr. Irrelevant and done anything with his career. Mm-hmm. Here's some recent ones. Chad Kelly. Mr. Irrelevant 2017 by the Broncos. Chandler Harnish of the Colts in 2012. Uh-huh. Uh, Ronnie McAda of the Packers in 1997, a quarterback out of Army. Larry Wanky. <laughs> that was just for Jared. Yeah. Uh, drafted by the... <laughs> That's not... <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Hey, we're getting, we're getting there, bro. So, I mean, those are those are just footnotes. Those are the answers to trivia questions. Now, Brock Purdy has the answer to be uh, a chance to be an answer to much different trivia questions if you can win this. Do you think the part of the reason that everyone is not on board with this story being like one of the greatest stories ever, like they were with Kurt Warner, like they were with Tom Brady, is because the 49ers kind of fell 
ass backwards into success here, that they blew it so badly with Trey Lance and they got so quote unquote lucky with this. Yeah, I mean I think if you were gonna pie chart the reasons, that would that would be a slice. I don't think it's the biggest one. I think the biggest one is that he plays for the San Francisco 49ers in a, in an NFL town <laughs> with mm-hmm. Cardinals playing the same division. Yeah, that, I think it's just that. Yeah, it's really just that. Yeah. It really is just that. But I'm but, but saying that plays into it, though, because like as Cardinals fans, you're like, it is unfair that they could find their quarterback this way when the Cardinals you know, have tried to find their quarterback it's, so many different again, ways. It's, it's, it's the move. Brock Purdy has saved the 49ers from a decade of... It might have saved Kyle Shanahan. I mean, because I don't know how you would have gotten gotten up and over that if you're still searching for the quarterback now and yeah so Brock Purdy deserves uh, all, all that's coming to him I'm going to be fascinated because Brock Purdy found the resolve to play better in the second half against Green Bay found a way to lead his team to a victory uh, against the Lions late in the game despite not playing well in the first half and and you have to remember now Kyle Shanahan had this incredibly bad record in teams in which in games in which his team was trailing in the fourth quarter in fact had never come back at all. And now Brock Purdy did that twice in a couple of weeks. How Brock Purdy is going to handle this stage and and the feelings, because you see it's been an adjustment for him the last couple of weeks, and he's gotten up and over these games. But this is the Super Bowl. And if it gets away from you, you have a hard time getting it back. And so I that's that and you know that's not going to be a Patrick Mahomes issue. There's going to be no stage fright, no uh, sense of being overwhelmed with Patrick Mahomes. How Brock Purdy handles that internally, it's going to be everything for the 49ers. It also begs the question, too, as I mentioned it, countless other Arizona mm-hmm. high school athletes that have gone on to Super Bowl greatness. Mm-hmm. How come none of those schools have renamed their streets or handed out uh, T-shirts to all their students? Bellinger bodies? Boulevard? Terrell Suggs Way? Yeah. Luan Lane? <laughs> There you go. Mm-hmm. That's the question that we should be. Is I it different when it's a quarterback? I I, I don't know. I, I I maybe it's the combination of quarterback, maybe. underdog, Mr. high school, all of it, yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. I have a I have an absolutely killer trivia question for you right now. All right, real quick. You're not going to get it. Okay. <laughs> Is that about since, Taylor Swift? Since 19 or since 2001, the Arizona Cardinals have had three. Mr. Irrelevant draft picks. Can you name them? That's how irrelevant they are. We can't even remember them. In most cases. Did any of them contribute to the I believe season that they played? One of I think one of them actually it's so weird too. They all played the same position. All three tight ends. Wow. And one of them played actually played for the Cardinals. Tavita Ofahanawe. Okay. Remember him? Yeah. 2001, mm-hmm. Gerald Christian in 2015 out of Louisville. He actually played for the Cardinals. Lull. 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 Caleb Wilson, tight end out of UCLA huh. in 2019. That's a quality trivia question. I had nothing. I just stumped everybody. I had nothing. You just wanted to except, say that first Except for name. the Cardinals media relations staff probably would have yeah. got that one. <laughs> Coming up next, the Phoenix Suns have Kevin Durant and you don't. We got another <laughs> example of it last night. Spickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Destination, Destination Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, it is time for our next qualifier, our last qualifier on this show for Destination Detroit. We are looking for Henry Dinkins 
From Buckeye, Henry, you've got 10 minutes to give us a call at 602-260-9870. And if you do that, you'll be in the drawing. Chance to win a trip for two to the 2024 NFL Draft in Detroit. If Henry does not call within 10 minutes, we will open up the phone lines to someone else. If you didn't hear your name, you still have time to get registered and qualify. Just text DRAFT to 620-620. Wolf and Luke are going to call out another name at 1220 p.m. We're looking for Henry Dinkins from Buckeye. Give us a call at this number, 602-260-9870. Good luck to you, Henry. Um, you know, that can't, you know, we always at an advantage, and I think he got a few assists in transition, and we always trust Grayson with the ball handling it, so... Um, I looked up, he had nine assists early. I was like, wow, that's he's in for a big night at the in the assist department and you know, so with him being able to be versatile like that, you never know. He can hit nine threes one game, we'll get twenty five and you know, guard a point guard or get fourteen assists. So it's good having somebody that's that versatile. That is Kevin Durant post game talking about the performance of Grayson Allen, who was another one of the standouts last night. Fourteen assists, a career high. Kevin Durant was uh Phenomenal. What is last night? What is up? Epic blast. <laughs> 31 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. He filled the stat sheet. He had another highlight dunk after uh, just on the dribble abuse of Taylor Hendricks. If you go back and watch that replay, fantastic. And I told you that in, in real time when it happened, my view was blocked by an official or a coach. I'm not sure which one, but I knew Kevin Durant dunked it. I didn't see the move to free him. Yeah. And I watched the the uh, replay today, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is playing on a different level, not just offensively, defensively as well. The last two nights, especially against Giannis, against Markin, and last night, Frank Vogel is very much a fan of what... Uh, his all-star is doing on that end of the floor. I'm not changing what Kevin Durant's doing. Kevin Durant right now is playing on an all-defensive team level on that side of the ball. And I don't know if he's ever been on an all-defensive team or if he's gotten votes or whatnot, but he's playing on that level right now defensively. It's wildly impressive to myself and, and to our coaching staff, not only wanting to you know to guard the other team's best player, but doing a great job on those guys. And then when he switches and, and guards other guys on the floor, like his disposition has been spectacular and, and a huge reason uh you know that we've been winning games of late you know i mean everyone's gonna talk about his offense but he's really bringing it on that side of the ball yeah there's and, no and question. We, yeah and we know how this whole thing kind of gets traced back and and there was a time when when we all know this to be true when the installation of frank vogel's defense was wasn't an easy wasn't an easy install put it that way and and uh, kevin durant and frank vogel had some conversations and that was sort of uh that was sort of the resolution give me a guy give me a great and i'll shut him down and let's just make it that simple. And mm-hmm. it's worked. Uh, Frank Vogel used a word there um, in talking about Kevin Durant that I think that we have not talked about enough. And that's the word disposition. In a, Basically, without fail, in every press availability Kevin Durant has had in Phoenix, there has been none of the, there's been none of the moodiness that has marked his previous stops. Nope. There's been nothing but feeling good vibes for him and his teammates. He has been such a positive force that you would never believe some of the things people have said about him in the past as a teammate. Which now, 
I, I, I look more at the media treatment of Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and I certainly was guilty of it in the past and judging mostly from his social media activity and how he reacted to people, the burner accounts and things. But it's got me wondering now how unfair that might have been. I don't know if Kevin Durant became this when he got to Phoenix. I think he's always been this guy. And now it's, you know, a little bit more evident. Do you disagree with that? I don't know. I, I think that I think maybe uh, a level of wisdom and maturity is kind of of Definitely. aided this. And, and I think but but I think you're right. I think the market I think the marketplaces and the market spaces he's been in have kind of helped dictate that. And, and, and then again, I also think the reaction to his move to Golden State was so severe that it that it put Kevin Durant on the defensive, that it kind of created a very adversarial kind of tone between him and the media. Maybe. Not all the time, maybe in some cases. You remember that you remember that famous that famous press conference he did, I want to say it was in Golden State, where he basically told guys, look, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I don't know what, to, what you're going to say. And, and if you're going to be able to accurately, you know, convey what I am telling you. And, and, but uh, again, I'm just trying to make the point that he's been ideal here. His disposition in Phoenix has been fantastic. But I said something and today is interesting because it is the one year anniversary of Kevin Durant being traded for by the uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, that whirlwind last year when we were all on Radio Row at the Super Bowl in downtown Phoenix and uh, because of the, the gravity of that move by the Suns the day after Matt Ishbia took, officially took over control of the franchise, mm-hmm. this became, even with the Super Bowl in town, a basketball city. And a year later, and I'm not saying last night was official, but I, I'm saying I'm laying it to rest. The acclimation process for Kevin Durant individually is completely over. He is a Phoenix Sun. He is comfortable. The way he's playing mm-hmm. indicates that. And I think any doubts that I had um, that he could lead a team to a championship in Phoenix, I'm not saying it's a done deal or it's going to happen, but I had those same doubts that other people said. Is he slowing down? He's mm-hmm. 35. There's yeah. a lot of miles on the tires. The guy is ridiculous. And now he's ridiculous and comfortable, and mm-hmm. that's a good combination for the Suns. Yeah, and and again, as I've said before, it's there was time last year at the end of last year. I was just wondering if 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 Kevin Durant had the fluidity, uh, had the bounce that he once had, and I wondered if 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 age was catching up to him on that regard. He, it, it, you can tell he's fully healthy, and he is he's bouncy now. Yeah, you, you again, you don't you don't shake a dude out of his jock the way that he did last night without serious fluidity and flow and skill. Yeah, he's he's been so good, so good. And again, to get that win last night without Devin Booker, and it wasn't known way ahead of time that Booker wasn't going to play. It was about ninety minutes before tip off. You know, he showed up as questionable on the injury report. Uh, then about ninety minutes before tip off ruled out and Bradley Beal was also a game time decision Uh, we haven't really talked much about Bradley Beal this morning Mm -hmm. but for him to be a game time decision play 36 minutes 6 of 9 from 3 point range 30 points he was fantastic last night but we did have the conversations yesterday about his growing comfort level Mm -hmm. and how he looks in all of this this is a very exciting time for the Phoenix Suns right now yeah so they've got 10 games over 500 which is a benchmark for me that's now now you have declared yourself as a very serious professional sports team and and I think the the trade deadline is going to provide some uh, a tailwind and I think adding Royce O'Neal to the festivities is going to be interesting mm-hmm. and and let's hope for the best 
Jared, have we had a call from Henry Dinkins yet? No. Henry Dinkins, where are you at? Henry Dinkins, you've got about two and a half minutes left on uh, your running clock. Here to give us a call at 602-260-9870. You already registered. This will qualify you for the grand prize drawing for uh, Destination Detroit brought to you by Bud Light. About two minutes and change now for Henry Dinkins to call, but be ready if he doesn't call. We're going to need you to call in uh, on the other side. Coming up next, speaking of the other side... A big event going on in the sports world. You just know our next guest is right in the middle of it. Craig Gass, our, our hilar- correspondent our correspondent from Vegas, our hilarious buddy, joins us next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, everybody, it's Bernsey. It's the Friday of the Super Bowl week. It's our last chance to make final predictions. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? What will the coin land on? How many times are we going to see Taylor Swift on camera? How long will the national anthem take? We're talking about all of it from 2 to 6 on Arizona Sports. Yeah. Henry Dinkins did not call in with the ten minute within the 10-minute window. So we're opening up the phone lines right now to somebody uh, for somebody, our last qualifier, to jump into Henry's spot. Vic, uh, you got a caller number? Caller number four, Vinny. Caller four right now, 602-260-9870. You will be qualified for the grand prize drawing for Destination Detroit. We're sending two people to Detroit for the NFL draft come April. Again, 602-260-9870. Caller number four, Super Bowl Friday, heading into the big game on uh, Sunday in Las Vegas. We are not there this year. But we kind of have an unofficial correspondent. Uh, our next guest has a knack of getting right in the middle of big event sports, and he's done it again in Vegas. Stand-up comedian, the hilarious Craig Gass, joins us on assignment from Las Vegas here on the Arizona Sports Line. Craig, how you been, Craig? man? I'm good, buddy. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. What's shaking in Vegas? Set the scene. Paint a picture for us. Well, I try to get away with murder every year at the Super Bowl by trying to get something funny, something funny at the Super Bowl every year. And I'll I'll talk to all the players that are playing in the game on both teams. And I've been successful that ESPN and and uh, all the other major platforms like NFL and Fox will take my stuff and, and use it on their platform. They just never credit me for it. <laughs> and, like right now, actually, there's a thing that's, that's going viral right now that I did with Patrick Mahomes. And he's the question that led up to it out of the order, it looks a little more like I'm a jerk than I am. People are showing the clip where I simply say, "What's your, to Patrick Mahomes, what's your best Kermit the Frog impression? And he said, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, fantastic. The backstory to it was that I said, Patrick, last year when I saw you, I asked who does the best impression of you, and you said... I think I sound like Kermit the Frog. And so what is your best Kermit the Frog impression? So, yeah, I mean, dude, it's been so fun over the years. Like with, when Tom Brady was in every other year, I started doing this thing with Tom that started with me saying, Tom, you're so handsome. Like, like when you look in the mirror, does your reflection ever just wink at you? Like, is it, is it that awesome? <laughs> And that ended up on ESPN, and, you know, he comes back a year later, and you know, as someone that interviews people repeatedly, I've already gotten some good questions with this guy. How do I get more content out of him? So it's a real struggle to think of, like, how many more angles can we go with Tom being handsome? So I started doing this thing where I said, uh, hey, Tom, my name's Craig Gass. I'm a stand-up comedian. This is my buddy Jason, and that's my buddy Aaron right over there. 
we were discussing the four of us together as a group. And we were ranking the four of us from most handsome to least handsome. Obviously, you're number one because you're Tom Brady. But, Tom, who would you rank as number two? And I pointed right at myself. Number three and number four. And Tom Brady actually looked at us and said, Wait, who am I ranking? (laughs) (laughs) Me and this guy and this guy right over here. And he goes, all right, fan out. Oh, okay. And and we all fanned out. And, dude, I'm telling you, I didn't do this intentionally. Subconsciously, I started sucking in my gut and pushing my chin out to look more handsome for Tom Brady. Did he ask you to turn around and do a twirl? A year later, because a year later, we asked him to redo the rankings, and we said, we, we've we been fighting a lot about the rankings, and between the three of us, we've actually lost five pounds, and we'd like to redo the rankings again. Yeah. Dude, there was, there was one year, this Super Bowl always takes place about two weeks before my birthday, and there was one year when the Rams were playing the, uh, the Patriots. And I went around asking all the players and saying, hey, man, it's my birthday in two weeks. How do I look like you in two weeks? Like, look at me and then look at you. How do I look like you in two weeks? And there was a guy on the L.A. Rams who said, pray to Jesus. And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> and, but don't, I asked Rob, I asked Rob Gronkowski and Gronkowski looked at me and said, oh, wow, you're how, how much time do you have? And I said, uh, Two weeks, <laughs> and, then, and he looked at me and goes, uh, "Oh wow, okay, um, okay." First off, right off the top, a thousand burpees a day, and I said, "What?" And he goes, "A thousand burpees a day." Like he thought, like, dude, you really think that there's some way that I could look like you in two weeks? Like that I could look like you? Yeah. So it's it's always fun just trying to just have silly fun content, and I I just sent your producer what I did this year. I went around with Carrot Top and at one point, Burt Kreischer, and we asked questions of the 49ers and the Chiefs, and I, and I sent all the content over to your guy. Nice. And, uh, and I think you'll get a kick out of what we did this year. Oh, fantastic. I got to know, though, Craig, you started with the Patrick Mahomes, Kermit the Frog thing. You are one of the most talented impressionists we've ever heard. Have you been working on a Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, but it's it seems like people are... are sensitive to it in the Kansas City area. I tried to do it in the Kansas City area. There was uh, the, the the flagship station in Kansas City asked me to, uh, they said, hey, when you come come back later in the week and, and do a Patrick Mahomes, and that was my assignment. And I came back at the end of the week and they said, Kansas City, he's worked on a Patrick Mahomes, what do you got, Craig? And I just started doing, why are there so many Rainbows, and they they didn't find it funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> they didn't find it funny, so yeah, it was kind of a bummer. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's 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 a lot of craziness happening here this week, and and uh, big game. Who are you guys picking for uh, Sunday? What do you got? Yeah, um, we've been going back and forth. I, I'm I'm going to buck this trend that that Patrick Mahomes cannot be beaten. I, I think this. I think the 49ers are going to find themselves and win this thing. That's I, where I'm going. I can't pick against Kermit, Craig. Uh, yeah, how could you? How could you? Right. Yeah, you yeah, know you're you probably know. getting you're probably getting smoke for that because some reporter just asked Brock Purdy if if he if he knew that he looked like Lee Harvey Oswald. 
Get out of here. I you didn't know, hear that. You didn't hear that. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, good. So that wasn't I you. Was, <laughs> no, all I have to tell you is that I, I didn't. I didn't know until this week that Brock Purdy has a roommate. I had, like, you guys obviously know that, right? I actually did not know that. No, I did not know that either. He has a roommate, which is so odd to me that a, a guy who's a quarterback for an NFL team has a has a roommate. And I started asking him questions like, who's the Felix and who's the Oscar? Like, what does your roommate annoy you with? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's so odd to ask a professional football player about a roommate. Well, Craig, like, he's only making 900 grand a year. What's a guy to do, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm rooting for? I'll be honest. I'm rooting for uh, as many... Taylor Swift appearances as possible because there's nothing that cracks me up more than guys being irritated. I get a kick out of it. Mm. And there are guys that I've been seeing like conspiracy theories that I don't even think QAnon people could put together of, of what's going to happen this weekend on the game. So I, I get a kick out of the whole pop culture aspect of it because that's what the Super Bowl is. It's, it's everybody getting together to enjoy the big game and all the commercials and, and all the big stars that come out and hopefully a close game. And, well, and it's also a game built on commercialism, and who would know better than Gene Simmons <laughs> from KISS? That's right, guys. I have some great news for you. This is Gene Simmons from KISS. And everybody is talking about football, specifically the L.A. KISS, who just went out of business in the Arena League. So right now, for a limited time, we have helmets, we have jerseys, we have pads. We have benches. We have water coolers. And they're all available at KISSonline.com. Click on the CTE logo and go to KISSonline.com. Gotta get my hands on some of those benches. Craig, thanks for joining us, man. Enjoy the party this weekend. You can follow Craig on Twitter. You can see all that stuff he did with Carrot Top and Burt Kreischer at the Super Bowl. At Craig Gas Comedy on uh, X. By the way, Jennifer Staples was calling number four. Congratulations, Jennifer. You are in the drawing for the grand prize. A trip for two to the NFL Draft in Detroit. It is Destination Detroit. It is brought to you by Bud Light. The grand prize winner will be announced today on the Burns and Gambo Show. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell will take us through some big, or no, what are we doing? Some big social studies. Big social studies. Yeah. (laughs) The big social of the day. I'm worried about that wall, man. I told you. That wall came to me fast. Yeah, sometimes you don't see the wall until you're eating it, Vinny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. Social studies is next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.